Hello, everybody, and welcome to NHR, the podcast. We are doing a national tournament special today. Um, it's going to be a lot of jam-packed. we got four interviews uh, that we are going to be talking about. But uh, uh, first off, you're going to hear from uh, Trev and I and just some of our thoughts uh, with the bracket being released. And, uh, you know, we, we have we have about, uh, you know, eight days uh, before the first uh, games take off. So, Trev, uh, now that the brackets are out, what are you seeing? We uh, we finally made it this far. All these episodes every Saturday coming on, talking about you know how many important games we got and how conference tournaments are going to go, and all setting up for for this type of this type of final stretch to the season. And uh, I'm excited. The brackets came out. Um, we learned a lot about what the committee was kind of looking at. Um, some conferences were obviously valued higher than others, and um, some at large schools are traveling a long distance. So I mean, we're going to dive into that, but. Um, a lot of different storylines going into this uh, unique situation. Um, the first year, the two divisions um, merged together, and I know you'll you'll kind of touch on what you saw about that. Um, but yeah, like I said, a lot of different storylines, a lot of different unique situations. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I think it's just interesting. Uh, interesting is probably a bad word. Uh, it, it's it's fascinating um, just to kind of see, and, and we're gonna hear from from uh, Coach Kyle Blingship here in a little bit. He's uh, sits on the committee, but just to, uh, you know how hard they work to put this schedule together and, and uh, the the seating for the tournament, things like that. It, they're never going to make everybody happy, um, you know. But the, the one of the fast, more fascinating uh, aspects about this is that even though we're in the first year of, you know, being one division, um, you know, you te- te- technically would say that the Crossroads uh, was was a, you know one of the best leagues in the Division Two era. Um, and then the Mid-South has always been one of the best in the in Division One, And um, I just think it's it's uh, very interesting because both of those teams, uh, as, as a first look here, you get uh, are the only two uh, leagues that end up getting four teams um, in in the tournament. So, um, you know, Crossroads, they, they even got three one seeds, you know, with uh, St. Francis end up jumping up. Uh, I know they got, a, uh, I think it was a 28-point win over Indiana Wesleyan. And even though Indiana Wesleyan didn't end up dropping uh, from the one seed, I uh, end up having seen St. Francis jump up, I believe, ten spots from the the uh, last rankings uh, all the way up into the the overall fourteen seed here. Um, so just yeah, some you know while while we have a lot of brand new things going on, um, tradition stands, and you have a lot of uh, you have the two team or two leagues that uh, you know have, have won the last few national championships on both sides, um, and you're going to see them uh, both get the most teams in. Yeah, I mean, I, what I'm excited for too is um, you know. You fight all season to get to the NAI tournament. Here we are, 48 teams, um, and you're there. You're in it. This is the NAI tournament, but you're still. I feel. I, I feel like we might see a couple of these maybe under the radar teams come out of these pods because um, there's still a lot of pressure here to reach the next stage, which is Kansas City. And you're kind of you're kind of just entrapped in this little pod, and it might not feel like an NAI tournament game to be in with. And maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'll be at the uh, Wichita sites next weekend. Um, and I'll check it out, but you know, you kind of just, it's a smaller stage. You got, you know, three teams, six teams really in this one region. Um, and you're really just fighting to get to that next stage. Whereas in, in previous years, you're, you're at the same location as every other team, it's one gym, one big atmosphere, and you're all just going towards the same center, you know, the same thing. Whereas now you're all off branched off. You got to travel different places. It's, it's an unfamiliar territory. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, some of these more local teams that get a two or three seed, um, come out on top just because of travel, per, you know, familiarity, traveling, stuff like that. So I'm interested to see 
um, how many upsets we really do have in this opening couple of games. I think that's a fair point, and, and not just the location wise, but you know, it's something we've brought up on on the former podcasts and things like that. That uh, you know, you're at the point in the year where now you get to represent your league, you know, and and so you know you're you're playing that you know while you may be more familiar with teams in your league, now you get to represent your league and, and you get to go out and face these other opponents and you're going to see some of these leagues that are probably better than what they're, you know, actually, you know, with the teams being ranked, you know, I look at, um, you know, it's hard to say the Mid-South because Mid-South's got four teams in, but, you know, Shawnee really, Shawnee State really ran through um, the entire league going undefeated or actually, sorry, they lost one game early. Uh, I think their first game of the first conference game of the year. Um, but then, you know, they rocked it off, I think 22 or 23 straight to come into the national tournament and running through their league, you know, and then the other teams were kind of left to beat each other up, same in the heart of America, you know, um, who has three teams in. And, and you look at both of those leagues, you just kind of wonder how good those second and third teams are. Well, you know, they may not get the rankings that everybody else has. You know, they're you got to think they're going to be pretty good. And some of those teams that are, you know, like uh, you have a Cumberland's uh, Kentucky team who who was a two seed in their uh uh, in their pod, and then you have um, I'm looking around, you know, even a park who uh, I, I saw play in the uh, semifinals against William Penn. Um, they have some some talent, and they're the three seed in that uh, division, so or in that pod. So, um, you know, it's just kind of going to be interesting, you know, these leagues, and maybe you, you were talking about underrated teams and, and teams being um, you know closer to home and maybe being able to perform that way, but um, just some of these other teams that maybe two or three deep in their conference that, you know, maybe got going towards the end of the year or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, a team like Mac Hughes, you know, one of my more interesting, uh, you know, if they can get by Holy Cross the first round, you have uh, them and William Penn playing in the first round. And, and Mac Hughes really played some great ball down the, um, towards the end of the year once they started getting healthy. Um, and and just, to, just to talk about that matchup right there real quick, you know, you have two ta- two teams that were uh, preseason top five in the country who could pot- potentially uh, seeing each other in the round of 32. So, um, yeah, I think that was a great point where you were talking about just uh, a lot of interesting storylines and a lot of teams that will be, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they're maybe better than what they, they you know, appear to be with the record or appear to be with their, uh, where they finished at in their league. Yeah, I mean, you got some one seeds too, Shreveport, um, Heading up to Omaha to play the winner of a Jamestown versus Bellevue. Bellevue's in Nebraska. Jamestown, that's their kind of part of the conference. So they don't have far to go. Um, one seed in Wichita, uh, St. Francis, Indiana, Indiana coming here. You got Benedictine just a couple hours away. Central Baptist isn't too far from Ar- in Arkansas. Um, you know, and even things like uh, the Park City bracket um, at Hartman Arena, Oklahoma Wesleyan just played there you know, five days ago, a week ago, um, you know, they, they've got familiarity. They've played in that building three years in a row now in the KCAC championship. So that that's, again, another sense of familiarity that if they get past park, now USAO is waiting for them playing in a brand new gym, brand new city, brand new environment where Oklahoma Wesleyan's now played there, you know, however many times in the last couple of seasons. So just little things like that on paper, USAO might be the better team. Um, and certainly they're the one seed for a reason. Oklahoma Wesleyan is the two seed, but you know, just little matchups like that where you get some, you know, a team who's playing well um, gets matched up. You know, they have a game under their belt too in the first round, and now they they're riding some momentum into a team that's waiting and not really used to the city they're playing in. Um, like I said, I won't be surprised if a couple of those second round games turn into upsets, and we we see some you know newer teams in the round of sixteen. 
yeah, you know, sometimes you, you think that getting a buy is a is a benefit towards you, you know, or, or it's a privilege, you know, because you don't have to play an opening round game. But um, and and even those these teams are playing on back to back nights, you're still those teams that played the night before have you like you said have familiar with the gym and they're you know they they got a warm up you know some of these right. teams aren't going to be playing for for 10 11 days and all of a sudden now you know they're playing a team that that just played the night before so they got their legs back underneath them and things like that so yeah i think that that's a an interesting point to watch is just kind of how many day two upsets we end up having, um, yeah. you know, with those top 16 teams, because you could definitely see that. And, and Oklahoma was, you know, that was one of the things when I, when I was uh, watching where the, where the, when the locations came out and I thought that maybe Oklahoma was, could end up, uh, you know, playing the game out there in Wichita. I was like, and I, when I saw that, them pop up on the bracket, I was like, don't discredit that team right there because they're, they're playing in a, in a gym that's pretty close to home and they're playing in a gym that they know. So, um, that's a good point. You know, science and arts, I think, is very, very good. But uh, they're playing a team that has played in that gym a few more times than they have. So definitely interesting, a lot of interesting storylines. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun tournament. You know, it, it's always it is a fun tournament, even though it's a little bit different format this year. Um, but I'm just interested to see kind of how uh, the, the opening pods go. Yeah, me too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we're, we're I'm excited to get get some more perspective here in a little bit here on the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking around, you got so many unique matchups, not only the first round, but you can, you can play with so many different scenarios about second round matchups. Um, and another thing that I kind of, um, kind of noticed when they revealed the bracket was just how they kind of valued some of the conferences. Um, obviously I'm a KCAC guy, but just seeing how, you know, Bethel regular season champion conference champion, um, they've defeated Oklahoma Wesleyan three times this season gets the same seed as Oklahoma Wesleyan. So um, I don't think that the committee kind of valued like the KCAC that that much because both teams, the regular season champion, the conference champion, and then also the second place team both got two seeds. So um, I'm kind of interested to learn more about that, how they valued conference. You know, I'm sure there's a whole system for it, but um, that's why I'm not on the committee and we got people smarter than than me on there. So I'm excited to learn more about that. Trev, speaking of guys who are much smarter than, than both of us, um, we, we were very, very uh, blessed to uh, have – uh, coach Kyle Blankenship, uh, the head coach at Louisiana Shreveport, LSU Shreveport. Um, and, and also, you know, he wears two hats. The second hat he wears is, uh, is a guy, he sits on the uh, selection committee uh, for the national tournament. Uh, we're very happy that he decided to come on and, and allowed to come on in the NEI. Uh, we're, we're thankful for the NEI for allowing him to, to come on and just give us some information on um, kind of, of where they thought. I mean, it's the first year, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, uh, first year for this format. And um, just kind of, uh, kind of want to get out to our audience, uh, just some knowledge of, of what kind of goes on behind the scenes. So coach, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I know that, uh, a lot of hard work that goes into it. Um, you're not going to make anybody, make everybody happy. Um, we're, we're well aware of that coach and just kind of moving on. I, I know you talked about, uh, seeding a little bit and you, you go through your first 48 t- uh, teams first. Um, can, do you guys just kind of, then take all your everybody on the on the committee. Do they just take uh, you know your your own seating from there and move on, or do you guys talk kind of about you know how the NCAA Division One uh, in in the big tournament, um, you know they talk about uh, breaking down number one seeds and and who deserves it more. Was there any talk kind of like that, or do you guys just kind of uh, here's our forty eight teams and then you kind of do a point system from there to to put the teams in in the in whatever um, seating that they were no, in. No, there was never really a point system until we got down to the end. Uh, with the three seeds, um, 
when we we've started first with the one seeds and each uh, arc chair nominated uh, teams from their group that they thought should be up for consideration for one seeds. And so all those teams went to a pool. Uh, we all spoke uh, to each team and tried to sell why we thought they should be a one seed. And then as a committee, we voted on it. And uh, obviously if a committee member um, had a team, their own team was in there, uh, then they were recused from the vote. And so they set out and, uh, and it was all based on a percentage of getting 70% of the vote. And then you would always advance uh, teams that reached 70%, but you couldn't fill more than half of the remaining slots. And that was the same format when we were, when we were selecting the at large, but so the one seeds, I think it was, it was pretty obvious. The top four uh, aligned with what I think is the coaches poll. I don't even know what the final coaches poll was, um, but there was an obvious top four that, that separated themselves from that group. Uh, and then we had to go about through a rating process of how we rated them one, two, three, four. And, uh, and that's kind of how it worked throughout the whole deal as we selected um, the, the top 16 seeds. Anytime there was a tie in our voting, we would advance those guys, and then we would have a majority uh, poll vote on which team got the higher rank in the ultimate overall one through 48 seeding. You know, I may have you put your coaching hat on for this next question, but when you're determining – you know, most deserving teams, one seeds and kind of going down the line. And I'm just looking at your pod, for example, up in um, Omaha. Is it more, um, I guess, the, what's, what am I looking More deserving for a team who has, you know, a deserving season for one seed. You know, what's more important for that team? Is it to get that one seed in order to get maybe a more, I want to say favorable matchup, but obviously the one seed gets the bye um, and doesn't have to play that opening game. Or is it location? Um, I mean, you uh, Shreveport's going to be having to travel, I think, the longest out of the three teams in that pod. Certainly Bellevue, that's right in their backyard. Um, so, you know, fans and whatnot and traveling and stuff, that might be an advantage to them. So I guess kind of how do you weigh those um, different, you know, things that go into creating a one through three seed? Well, I think the first and foremost, and the, the NAI was the most responsible of trying to put a mock bracket together after we had all our teams and, and putting the teams geographically where it made the most sense. But you also wanted to keep true to the seed line as best as you can. And, you know, uh, with my coaching hat on, you know, we thought we would be in Alexandria. and uh, But the way the seeds worked out, um, you know, Loyola ended up getting a one seed. Uh, they're a Louisiana team. Um, and so, you know, if they would have eventually been a two, then it possibly, you could have seen us slide into that one spot and then them right. be the two there. And it would still be a sh very strong pod as it is. I mean, I think that's probably the strongest when you look at it in terms of, uh, the coaches top 25 poll and the, and, and some of those teams that are in that, but. Well, just jumping in, I mean, just to go off of that, I mean, you're, yeah, toughest, toughest one from seeding purposes because you have 16 seed, the 18 seed, and the 28 seed all in, in that pod. So, yes, you're right. Correct and so, um, you know, for us, uh, you know, it's we've never shot away from, from playing anywhere. And, mm -hmm. you know, talking to our guys and our team, uh, it's a national tournament. And so we knew there was a chance that we potentially could have to travel. Uh, my coaching hat we're excited about the opportunity omaha is a great city you know i've, I've been through there once or twice um been playing at the at creighton university on their campus is going to be a lot of fun and, and then you know if we're fortunate enough to win a game 
uh, Kansas City is a whole heck of a lot closer to Omaha than it is Freeport, Louisiana. So mm-hmm. uh, if we win, we'll stay up there. Uh, so uh, that's kind of exciting for our team. But ultimately, you know, we got to take care of business first. And I do think, you know, looking at the big picture um, from a national selection committee standpoint, uh, geographically placing teams would have made sense. But, um, you know, when LSU Shreveport, our team was out of the Alexandria bracket, we would have had to maneuver a whole lot more to make it work to get us where we were than to just take us and place us somewhere else and uh, and ultimately have to travel. So uh, I, I think it's better than in a sense of potentially where you look at some of where the one seeds had to go. Uh, there's one one seed that has to go to Thomas and Moore, and Thomas Moore gets to play on their home floor. So mm-hmm. uh, ultimately I think when it came down to it on that – uh, you know, we wanted to protect some of the top seeds uh, from having to do that. Keeping your coaching hat on here, I appreciate all the information, uh, you know, from National or from the from being on the uh, selection committee. I, I know that uh, we could talk all day and all night uh, about that process, but I do appreciate the information you did give us. Can you just kind of talk about, um, I, I know you've got some, some experience uh, going in and playing at Kansas City quite often. Um, can you just talk about kind of your process with your team between now and then and kind of what you guys – um, we'll do for practices and when you'll travel up and things like that. So for us, just kind of initially, uh, you know, we try to get up there a couple of days in advance and get some practices in. So with us having a bye, we would most likely uh, leave here early Wednesday morning, maybe try to travel halfway or get into Kansas City and stay the night and then get over to Omaha for practices on Thursday and Friday. What makes it unique this year is we don't know who we're playing. So uh, we'll do what we can to prepare for both of those teams and get all the information we can to our players and and have our team ready. But at the end of the day, we're never going to have a practice to prepare. Uh, All we're going to do is be able to watch and scout and then turn around and play the following day against whoever advances. So that's kind of what's different in this year uh, with the one seeds having a bye. Um, You know, I think it's, it's obviously great that the one seeds are rewarded. But, it, but it's also going to be challenging um, having to prepare for two teams and a little more of the unknown than usual. Yeah, just feeding off that a little bit. Uh, I know this is something that Trevor and I were talking about earlier uh, on the show is just, uh, you know, seeing those those teams that are coming off the bye and, and uh, you know, you guys are getting basically 11 days off, 10 or 11 days off and, and playing a team that just got done playing and maybe got their legs underneath them a little bit. So, you know, making sure you don't come out flat on that Saturday is going to be very, very Oh, absolutely. Cool. You know, uh, our conference tournament in a normal year is set up for the one and two seeds to get a bye. And we've never uh, had good experiences in that bye position. And I think it is part because a team comes into a new arena uh, where you've never played before, and they get to go out and compete on the court. They get the nerves out. Um, and, and I think that's huge. And then they turn around the next day and – in our case, you know, whoever we play is going to be playing a high seed, one of the top teams in the country. And so uh, with them having a game under their belt, you know, it could be an advantage. Um, with us never playing in that arena before, uh, the first time we're going to step foot on that floor is when we're warming up the, at the halftime of the game before. Uh, and then you get warm-ups um, prior to the game. So it's a unique situation. Um I don't know that it truly does favor those teams that play early, but I definitely think that, uh, you know, in some instances it will help some of those teams, especially ones that may have never been to a national tournament before. And, and then they advance and they were able to get those nerves out in that first game.
Yeah, that's uh, those are always great points. Well, Coach, uh, I, I know that you've had a, had a crazy last uh, couple of days. Um, I know that you're, even though you have three kids under the age of four, I'm sure you're you're looking forward to some sleep if you can get some and find some. Um, but uh, Coach, we appreciate you coming on. Um, we wish you the best of luck uh, in the NEI National Tournament, and uh, hopefully, yeah, see you absolutely, guys in man. Appreciate it again all you guys do, and and I promise you, I will be in Kansas City. I just hope my team's with me. So uh, if you guys are there, let's link up, and uh, would love to catch up, and and uh, just appreciate again everything that you guys do for NAI basketball. That is Coach Kyle Blankenship, uh, head coach of the LSU Shreveport. Um, they are. Coming into the tournament uh, as a number one seed, uh, sixteen and one overall, and uh, they will wait to see who they play. But uh, coach, I appreciate you coming on. Best of luck to you guys. We will see you guys uh, Thanks, yeah. here soon. Uh, coach Blankenship uh, brought us some great information uh, about the uh, tournament um, and just kind of the inside scope of, of what uh, goes on behind the scenes as, on the tournament committee. We are now uh, now get to join us. Uh, we got uh, John Henry, head coach at William Penn University. Um, they're the number two overall seed. Um, Coach Henry, I, I know that uh, you guys have some great uh, tradition at the national tournament. Um, I know it's not the same format as we've had um, in past years, but you guys have found great success, and I uh, know that uh, your guys are probably oh, yeah, looking it's forward to be great. Uh, getting going. Um, and, and like you said, you know, everything's a little bit different this year, but, uh, you know, it, we're still playing basketball, and that's the most important thing, and, uh, you know, it was this week last year where it was all taken from us and the opportunity was gone. Um, so we're grateful um, that we had a selection show tonight um, that we don't think will be canceled tomorrow like it was last year. Um, so that's a great thing. Coach, this is Trev. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, this is a unique situation, obviously, in the national tournament where you're prepping for the postseason, but you do not know who your matchup is. Um, how do you kind of come across prepping for that and, um, you know, keeping your guys motivated, even though they have no idea who they're going to play? Well, prep for both teams. And, uh, you know, we have a, a, a very veteran squad and a very veteran staff. Uh, and when I say veteran staff means that they, you know, everybody on my staff has been here for at least two years um, and has been through, you know, everything. So we'll prep for both teams and then we'll see them play live and to get a live scout uh, will be very beneficial for us. Uh, we're still our game time is uh, just so I throw that out there. Um, there's been some confusion on whether or not it's 11 a.m. or 6 p.m. We're not sure yet. Um, there are a couple of different places that have the game time different. But either way, um, you know, being able to see our opponents play um, live and then the next day they have to play us um, is an advantage. So we'll try to take advantage of that. But we'll prep for both of them um, in advance. And, and uh, we'll continue to work on us, too, because – that's been one of our focal points um, the last couple of weeks is working on us first um, and then working on scouts. Yeah, and, and it's been pretty successful for you guys. I know you're 24-1 you're and one, uh, overall this year. I, I believe uh, I saw a tweet come out, 54-4 and four over the last two years. Um, can you just kind of talk about – I know you have a veteran group um, this year and, and two All-Americans who seem like they've been playing their best basketball. Um, I, you know, I know uh, – um, 
Kamari Newman has, has been on fire the last couple games in, in the, in the uh, heart tournament. Um, can you just kind of talk about that veteran group a little bit and then kind of what that means? Uh, yeah. A little bit more and, depth, and uh, you know, you talked about Kamari Newman, but I'll, I'll start with uh, KV on Blaylock. We call him KB, the player of the year in the heart of America. And uh, my, my wife, um, she may not know that much about basketball, but she knows William Penn basketball. She said, you know, why isn't he scoring as much? And I said, because there's only so many baskets in a game. Um, <laughs> and he's been passing it well um, and playing great. KV on Blaylock, you know, he could score six points and still be the best player on the floor. And he did that in our semifinal game. And in our last game, he, you know, he took over late. But he is the best player in the league. He's the best athlete I've ever coached. And Kamari Newman, he had 33 in the second half in our semifinal game. And then he followed that up with 21 in the first half of our finals game. Um, back-to-back halves like that. Um, kid can straight up score. And he's really been a great defender this year. Better rebounder. And his floor game has improved a lot. He's not just a three-point shooter anymore. Those are our two highlights. We've got other players, too. We've got two big post players, Nate Gehring and Eddie Daly. They're playing on a high level. And uh, they're both 6'9". They run the floor. And we always look at their stat line at the end of the game because we've never played them, not one second in two years together. But their stat line together is normally – something like 22 and 14. Um, If you can get 22 and 14 out of your five man, whether it's one guy or two guys or three guys or four guys, uh, you're doing pretty well. And our point guard position, I I can't break down every, every dang position with you guys, but we're pretty good. I mean, I don't know if we're going to win the national title or not, but what these kids have accomplished, you mentioned it 54 and four, two regular season championships and now two, conference tournament championships in the heart of America is crazy remarkable. Um, and uh, it's been, it's been an unbelievable ride. Um, can you just kind of talk about, I don't know if you guys have, have broken down yet. Maybe some of it will depend on, on when you guys do play on Saturday, but um, can you just kind of talk about kind of what happens between now and, and uh, you know, what, when you guys end up. Pe- yeah. To, uh, well, well, first like off for me is uh, whether or not you and I wins this game tonight, I might be headed to uh, St. Louis tomorrow. Um, to watch my kid play, but uh, practice tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, Sunday will be to be announced, and then we'll practice Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We're going to leave out Thursday morning um, and get down to the Kansas area, practice Thursday, um, practice Friday. Don't know what time that's going to be, whether it's an afternoon or an evening, but we'll watch our, our two opponents uh, play on Friday and then obviously you go back to the hotel after your practice and you really get your scout on and your prep on film wise and we've got to get COVID tested um, you know daily or every other day um, there's a lot of that going on too we were tested yesterday and we're going to test again tomorrow uh, our school and our administration has been fantastic uh, with the uh, COVID and in that we have the fast testing and you can be tested and you got the results in 12 minutes. And they just want to make sure that we're taking all the precautions 
And uh, our, like I said, our school has just been awesome. And in, in, in the fact that uh, they want us to play and they back us to play and whatever we need to do that they've been very generous in helping us. So I applaud them for that. And, and I think that just to kind of wrap up a shop on that one, I, at 24 and one, you guys will come in uh, not just as one of the top seeds, but alone. Um, you, you kind of wonder if that'll help you guys uh, with that. I have so, an outstanding um, staff and they've done a great job. Um, we have to screen every day uh, between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. Um, before they can even practice. And my staff, my graduate assistants, my assistant coaches, led by Coach Sanquist, do a great job of taking care of a lot of the behind-the-scenes things that sometimes I don't even know about. Um, but, you know, it, it, again, our administration has been great too. And, yeah, we did play 25 games, but, you know, I would have – I would have given anything to play the entire schedule, but the fact that we played 25, I'm, I'm proud of for the kids and for our, our school in general. Um, you mentioned we're the number two overall seed. You know, I'd be remiss and I'd be lying if I told you that my group, my staff and myself were not necessarily, um, how do I put this? Uh, disappointed that we are not the one overall seed. Um, no disrespect to Indiana Wesleyan, but uh, we wanted that. We didn't get it, so you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll use that as uh, motivation. Some deep uh, tournament runs. We're looking forward to uh, watching you guys again. I know uh, Trev will actually mm-hmm. be in Wichita in, in that area and and possibly get a chance to watch you play. But uh, Coach, uh, I appreciate you coming. I enjoy following you guys on Twitter and everything else. If I can ever help you, let me know. Next up on the podcast, we uh, we just talked to uh, a coach and veteran of the national tournament, and uh, now we get uh, the other side of the coin. Uh, we're going to talk to Frank Woodford, head coach at uh, Bene- Benedictine Mesa um, out in the Cal Pack. Uh, unique season, uh, unique uh, unique tournament for them. Uh, but, uh, Coach, I-, I know that this is the, the first time that uh, you guys have ever qualified for the national tournament, so we're kind of interested in that perspective. You know, we've had athletics for seven years on campus, and, and we've actually had some decent success. You know, our men's volleyball team won the 2019 NAI National Championship. Um, baseball's had a lot of success, women's volleyball. And so for us to be able to kind of take that torch and kind of continue with another program having success on a national level, it's really important to the university. You know, we, we really do feel like we have – um, a really good thing going being a small private school in a major metropolitan city, and so it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good thing for the university. And it's a good, good thing for our program, obviously. Coach, we come on uh, this show every Saturday on the NAI, and we talk about all the unique situations that have gone on throughout the year with COVID um, and all that stuff, with you know games being postponed and canceled, and conference tournaments looking different, and. You guys had, you know, you guys were no different. One of the more unique situations going with the uh, the round robin that you guys just went through to qualify for the NAIA tournament. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and how it was prepping for something so unique and different? Yeah, as you know, we had uh, our commissioner, Don Ott, had did a really good job kind of building us a, a, an opportunity to have a conference season. But obviously with COVID, we had a couple teams um, drop out. We had a couple teams have to go on pause and things like that. So we did not really end up having 
uh, uh, very traditional regular season. And so because we kind of had some imbalance with who has played who, you know, we felt as athletic directors and as a conference that, you know, the fairest option would be around Robin. Everybody gets to play everybody. Um, you know, see if we have a, a team go two and oh, if we have a bunch of one and ones, we leave it up to some other tiebreakers. But we, we, we felt like it gave everybody a fair opportunity to represent the Cal Pack, and, and I think it did that. Coach, I, I know, uh, like we talked about in the, in the opening, uh, you know, it's, it's your first year, uh, first year as head coach, but also first year, uh, you know, qualifying for the national tournament. What do you, what do you guys do, uh, to lean on, on kind of the newness of it and, I'm just trying yeah, to you know, a big scene for us sure all year has just been enjoying the opportunity. You know, we, we like many teams, started the year not knowing if we would play at all. And so, you know, and then our first game of the year literally got postponed two hours beforehand, you know. And so we started off that, that first game thinking, you know what, maybe we don't even play after all, even on a game day. And so we've been very, very appreciative of every single game, every single opportunity we've had. And I think because we've treated this year, I think we've we've kept things really loose for the guys. I mean, we really have. We wanted guys to – they have so much else going on, classes all online, testing almost every other day, you know, worrying about so many other things that, besides basketball. We've really tried to keep basketball light. And I, I do think that that has helped us. You know, I think that's helped us a ton just kind of stay fresh. You know, we don't – we're not going into practice. Even today, you know, we're not going into practice burnt out because we're on month nine and – and all this stuff. I think we've, we've been doing a really good job keeping everything fresh. And so I think that, you know, the opportunity to, to go to the first national tournament school history, um, a lot of that is credit to the guys just keeping a really, really good attitude. We've really, really tried not to burn guys out. We've, we've tried to break up practices and things like that to kind of almost not treat it like such a grind. And so I, I think that those things have really contributed uh, to us kind of peaking at the right time. I really think that last week was a great example of us kind of coming together as a team, you know, um, at the right time. You touched on it a bit just now, but I was, what my next question was going to be, how do you handle that emotion of, you know, reaching the first ever national tournament in school history? You know, you get, you got a tough game with Vanguard right away. And if you were to win that, you got to play the whole school, Lewis Clark state, which is a very good team. On top of you know these guys getting ex- your guys getting excited to play in the first ever tournament, things like that. Um, how do you just handle that that emotion and just all of it taking it in at once? You know, luckily we have a lot of seniors, so you know I've got I've got six total seniors, so they're guys that have played some college basketball. They've been around a little bit. That helps us a ton. But even our young guys, you know, we've got two sophomores that play a ton of minutes that played a lot as a freshman. So I just I think having guys that have kind of been around college basketball a number of years, you know, almost everybody on our team is redshirted at some point. You know, I mean, we've, we, you know, uh, we've got two guys, three guys that are 24, 25 years old. So I think having older guys helps a ton. Um, but like I said, I, I think how easygoing we've been with the guys. Now, again, not, not that we're light on the guys, but we, we try to keep everything fresh. Um, and I think that us having kind of a loose atmosphere all year is going to keep the guys loose and excited for for the game next week. Well, and I think I think you guys uh, and and Lois Clark State has a has a nice gym. I want to say it's a big arena, like some of the ones you've played in. But um, I, I know you guys have played some Division One teams this year, and, and uh, you know, so it's not like you guys haven't played in in, in a big big environment like that. Some of those teams you've played uh, during the course of the year, even though they may not show up in your record. Um, oh, no question. So, you, for this, you know, I'm not sure if we're number one, number two, number three, but I know we've got one of the top three strengths of schedules in the country. 
Um, and that doesn't include the six division ones that we played that we counted as exhibitions. So, you know, we played the number one, well, we played Indiana Wesleyan, they were number one, ACU, we've already played Lewis and Clark. We played, you know, the Masters twice when they were ranked, um, you know, UNLV, GCU, New Mexico State, UTEP. So, you know, Southern Utah, who was, I think, 11-3 and three when we played them. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I think a lot of why we won our conference tournament and are representing the Cal Pack is because we are lucky enough to be on game. You know, if you include the exhibitions, you know, we were on game 18-19, whereas last week when we played Simpson, who I think is a really, really good team, I think Coach Franklin's a really good coach, you know, they're on game eight, you know. So I think maybe if they're on game 18, it's a, it could be a different game. But we, we happen to be the team that's on game 18. It's had a lot more game days than they had, and I think that's helped us. And obviously, you know, there are a lot of teams in the national tournament that have played a full season. So I think that's going to help those teams a ton. You know, one thing that I, I look at uh, outside of just your schedule and things like that is just, uh, uh, you know, even though you, you guys played uh, uh, Lewis Clark State already, um, you know, it's you're playing opening up with a Vanguard group, correct? We tried playing several times and just we couldn't make day travel and everything work. So it, it would have been interesting if we had been able to play them this year. But, you know, we do have a common opponent. You know, they played. You know, they've played four games against St. Cats, and, and obviously we've played three games against them. So I think that that helps having a, having a common opponent for sure. I don't know how you do it, Coach. I know, uh, <laughs> you know you're interim AD over there as well, and, and I can't even imagine, you know, you're making up your own schedule. You know, you've talked about how many games, uh, you know, you've had to cancel or reschedule and things like that. But uh, you're not just doing it for men's basketball. You're doing it for all your sports there. and. Um, I'm sure you're a very, very busy man. So uh, I, I can't, uh, can't even imagine right now with the in the in the time of COVID, uh, especially out there on the West Coast, uh, how you've been able to deal with it all. And I get appreciate to the that. Been, so that, that's definitely kudos yeah, to you. Yeah, it's been it's been a really, really interesting year, you know, because obviously we, Coach Schaefer, um, my our former head coach, you know, he he left to take the Augustana job in you know late July. So it's been since late July, it's been kind of a whirlwind for me, and then obviously for the program. Well, Coach, uh, congratulations! I, I know, uh, I know, it's got to be an exciting uh, time—not just for for you, but for all your players and, and from the university as well. I know, uh, yeah. uh, I know, other sports have done well, but it's the first time qualifying for the national tournament. Um, this will be awesome. something you, you, you so won't much. ever forget. Thank you for uh, we, we wish you guys the best of luck. We truly appreciate it. Rounding up the show, uh, we're going to bring a unique perspective in. That's uh, back Pat Dirksen. Um, he is the color guy on the radio um, out there. Uh, he actually covers uh, Holy Cross. Uh, Bethel, Indiana, and IU South Bend games. Um, we're happy to have. Uh, it's, I always, I always get excited to have uh, announcers on. They're, they're some of my favorite uh, guys. They're some of the most knowledgeable guys, especially the guys that have been um, are around for a long time. Uh, I know Pat uh, played at Holy Cross from 2010 2014, so he also has a player perspective. Um, but Pat, welcome to the show, and we're uh, we're happy to have you on. Um, can you just kind of talk about yeah. the, you know, the league and, and NEI? I know you're, you love the yeah, NEI basketball. Yeah, exciting kind of times, right? The, it's March now. The team's out, here, your, out your way. Season. It, it's, it's been interesting, right? So IUSB obviously is kind of the hot story, right? Where they played two games all year long and, and made that magical run through the CCAC tournament, ended up winning it, and now played themselves in the national tournament. Um, uh, first round matchup against Holy Cross, which was, you know, some people had their opinions on. Um, <laughs> You're kind of stealing my question that I was going to ask well, you. We can get right into it. Go for it. Well, I just I wanted to. It wasn't even a question. I just wanted to bring it up. Um, that you know, we 
all year we've been on this podcast talking about unique situations from conference to conference and conference tournaments being different than they are every year. And then we have um, a 15 seed who really isn't a 15 seed go through, uh, you know, the entire tournament, win the whole thing. Um, You said they played two games all year, but obviously I think they returned a lot of their people from their players from last year. Um, I just, if you can talk about it, I just don't, what, you know, obviously some coaches were upset. I just want to know what else could have been done to even avoid that. Like, you know, that I guess giving them the 15 seed seems like the fairest thing they could have done. Right. Yeah. And I guess my understanding is it went to a coach's vote and then like Holy Cross, I get their thinking had mm-hmm. already secured their bid. So let's just pair them since Holy Cross is in. So if you're a coach, if you're, you know, St. Ambrose or whatever, you don't want to see IUSB. IUSB, in my opinion, probably would have won the league. Had they played a whole season, they would have won the regular season. They, like you said, returned a bunch of guys. They lost Cortland Martin, but for the most part, brought back their whole core of guys. And that team, mm-hmm. they're really, really good. They're really talented. Um, so I kind of get the thinking there where it's like, okay, Holy Cross is in. Let's give them a tougher game. That way we can kind of avoid it. Um, but, like, yeah, IUSB is a real deal. I just don't know deal. what else you could have done there, you know. Right. Like, I get, I get the why people were upset about the first round pairing, but I mean, you can't, if, if I, and I, I haven't really looked at the standings of the regular season, but if it's, I mean, if they played two games and everyone else has played, you know, right. substantially more games than them, you can't just, you know, move them ahead of teams just because you know that they're more right. talented. Yeah. And to IUSB's credit, nothing was, you know, their fault, right. They were shut down kind of by the mm-hmm. main IU Bloomington campus, but yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, you can't just place them wherever or place them based on what you think they would have done. So on the limb, and I'll go on the limb and just say that I thought they did the right thing. Yeah, I, I know that I know the two decisions were were to not let them in or to be making the 15 seed. And, and then to me, like you just said, that I, I knew the whole IU system was shut down with right. all the, you know, even like teams like IU East never even got going again. Um, but so I know a lot of the the, you know, satellite campuses were, were shut down on the IU system, and so. It wasn't their fault yeah. they weren't playing. And, and it probably would have created in. more chaos. Um, than agree, yeah, with, yeah, you know, just, you're not going to please anybody. Kids, There's people so that I, are disappointed tonight that they didn't make the national mm-hmm. tournament. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. It's just the way it goes, right? It's just the way the season's gone. So Yeah, I'm glad uh, I'm glad they got in. They, they were a lot of fun to watch. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, that uh, that shot, uh, I, I – Diaz, I know, uh, yeah. I, know uh, I can't even think of the kid's name, but the one that hit the, the game winning three isn't even a big time. Yeah, it wasn't even yeah, it wasn't even a big three time or big time right. uh, three point shooter. And, and uh, but, but uh, you know yeah. how it is, uh, it's March Madness, and, and he had the onions to make it. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and now they're now they're moving on to the national Absolutely. tournament. So good for 100% them. Agree. Great, great story. One of my kind favorite of stories at, of the year so far. I was gonna say, kind of looking at the Marion bracket now, and then you go where South Bend is. Go, I mean, that's one of the we were talking all show too about. We have a lot of cool or a lot of interesting first round matchups, yeah. but then also potential matchups down the road. Um, and you can, I mean, you have, um, I might be saying it, is it Olivet Nazarene? Yep. Is that how you say it? Yep. Yeah. They're there at Marion. You got Indiana Wesleyan and Marion. They're obviously South Bend, Indiana Tech. Um, and that's kind of up in your area. I mean, yeah. What are, what, are, what are your thoughts on just that pairing? And I mean, is have you seen another pod where you think might be even stronger than that? Because I don't know if there is one. At I this don't point. think there is. That is that's a loaded side of the bracket. I'll tell you what, because IUSB they'll probably win their first round game, and then hey, here comes Indiana Wesleyan, right? And right, then yeah. Wesleyan wins, and it's like, oh gosh, we got to play Marion again. It's like 
That bracket mm-hmm. is so loaded. Nazarene, all of that Nazarene's really good. That's like a factory up there, man. They just pump out <laughs> good team after good team after good team. And that's kind of been the one consistent throughout. You know, when I was a player in the CCAC, they were always really good. And they've remained really good. Um, so I expect them to kind of have that mentality where you, you won't be surprised if they make a little bit of a run. I think them being on the same side as Marion, I think that'll be kind of an interesting matchup. They play a similar style. They have a similar type roster. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I think IUSB, you know, I don't know if they have enough horses to hang with the Wesleyan, but that'll be an interesting matchup if we get it. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple a couple of matches. I, I'm actually, uh, you know, we're not trying to favor anybody. Yeah. I, I think Indiana Tech's got the, you know, their, their trio that they have is uh, very very good. They can uh, definitely give all of that uh, a run. Uh, but even even then, I mean, all three of those teams have size, and uh, you know, Marion with uh, with Cam Walter, and um, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have you have uh, Alex Gross at Nazarene. Um, I mean, you're looking at uh, some uh, not just good teams, but you got some big teams in that uh, pod. So it's going to be interesting matchups and interesting not just team wide matchup, yeah, but uh, sure. player on player matchup is going to be very very fun in that in that pod. Pat, I do have to ask you, uh, you know, uh, one of the teams you cover uh, in in Bethel, um, you know, they kind of flounder down the stretch. Um, they do get in. Um, they have one of my favorite players to watch uh, in in the country, in Trevion Cruz. Um, I know they've been battling some injuries and things like that. Yeah. Can you kind of give an outlook on, on them? I know we've kind of to focus on the CAC team, CC, AC teams, but uh, yeah, I know you nailed it. They're really well banged up. Kind of, they had, uh, of they had a really rolling with Zach Owens, who would transfer it, and he played to Huntington, then went to a Juco and came to Bethel. And that really allowed Cruz to play off the ball a lot. And they had this, they were dynamic, and they really played with some pace. And then he went out with an ACL. Then they had this guy, Garrett Sudicum. Transferred him from Belmont, uh, went out with a knee injury, um, and and they've just like you said stumbled down the stretch. They've Cruz is so fun to watch. He's so talented. His game is so smooth. He's a little bit undersized, but really he's good at getting to his spots. Um, and then they got a guy airs. Their bigs are strong on the inside. They don't get you a ton of points, but they play really really hard. Um, and of course they play in what people might think is the best league in the country, the Crossroads League. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised, surprised to see them in just based on the way they finished the season. But too, and, and, and they, they uh, I'm hoping that they're one of my favorite stories to, to continue on. I, I, this is this is Cruz's first year playing uh, in a postseason game. Um, so I'm excited to see him there. He's one of those kids that uh, – you know, I, I, I'm sure that uh, you guys are. I know you're both young, uh, young guys compared to myself. But uh, I'm sure you're old enough to remember uh, back a couple years ago when when Steph Curry, not a couple years ago, a few years ago now, uh, when Steph Curry was at Davidson and, and just him, uh, self, you know, by himself, kind of taking over um, a regional. And uh, Trevor Cruz to me is, is that type. I know they have they haven't uh, won a ton of games here lately, but they're going to go as far as he yeah. can take them. And, and I can tell you right now that he's capable of winning games by himself. I mean, he is that dynamic. I watched him in the first half of Indiana Wesleyan game. I think he went off like 28 in the first half. Um, and he's just that type of performer and that type of competitor. Um, I, I know that uh, from, from what I've heard, he, he's not returning next year and he's got some pro opportunities uh, um, that, he, that he's probably going to have uh, if he, if he, you know, I know he's not a very big guy, but he'll, he'll have some pro opportunities leaving the, 
leaving there. Yeah, but I, it, I'm, I'm I think that's a great comparison as far as somebody who can take over a game bank. like Curry could, right? Cruz, you're exactly right. He's that kind of player. He's so exciting. And he can fill it up, but he's got like 500 re- career rebounds at Bethel, 500 assists, something like that. His numbers are, are insane if you look at him. And he's just a special player. If you get an opportunity to watch him, you just got to give him a watch. Yep, and and for those that are listening that uh, have never seen him play, you know, one thing that I can I can say uh, about him is that you know, Kyle Mangus is the most you know highly decorated small college basketball player ever. And if it wasn't for Kyle Mangus, you know, Mangus, if he wasn't there, Trevin Cruz may be the most decorated small college basketball player uh, of all time, just because you know yeah. it just seems like every time he has a big time week and should be considered yeah. for for Crossroads Player of the Week. You know, Kyle Kyle has one of his weeks. You know, and, and Kyle has a lot of those weeks, but. Uh, um, yeah, it, it, you know, I just I, I love watching Cruz. I love watching his game, and 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 I wanted to spend some time, deservedly so. I think he's earned it. Um, I want to spend some time, uh, you know, highlighting his career and talking about him and and, and wishing him the best of luck. Uh, Pat, just uh, moving on to the the final team, you kind of covered a little bit. Uh, I, I know Holy Cross. Uh, they we talked about it a little bit with them, uh, you know, having the the short end of the stick against uh, IU South Bend in the CCAC tournament. But but not to discredit. I mean, they they're in the national tour- or in the national tournament for a reason. I mean, they they're runners up in the CCAC. Um, they still had a good year. Um, they cracked the top twenty-five. I think for maybe a week, um, or at least they cracked our top twenty-five. Uh, I know for one week. Um, but they've been receiving votes for for many weeks. Um, and they're not a bad team. I mean, uh, they got a couple players. Yeah, they, that, they got a couple of really uh, good you know, guards. Uh, Jordan Gaines, and Storm too. Cook, and Caleb Pack comes off the bench for them. Ryan Black transferred in. They don't have a ton of depth, which I, I think. You know, you look at Mid-American, and they play a bunch of guys, and they play a bunch of guys a bunch of minutes, which I, I think will be kind of a contrast in styles. But Noel NPA, of course, has been good on the inside for them. But we'll see. They've struggled early in games and gotten themselves in holes early, you know, like a 19-6 to 6 type deal or, you know, a 20-8, to 8, whatever it might be. And they've had to kind of claw their way out. But when they can control that tempo and they play so slow and they play so methodical offensively and, and just so sound defensively, they're able to wear teams out. And, and when teams yeah. don't see that a lot, it kind of, you know, shell shocks them off the, off the jump. But if Holy Cross can get out to a good start and, and kind of stick to what they've done for, for, you know, years now, they'll be in good shape. But if not, then, then they're, you know, having to get in shootouts and that's not where they're at their strongest. I think uh, you know, going back to Mac, you, I've I've watched both these teams play quite a bit this year, and not to elaborate on their matchup too too uh, in depth here because we've been on on a, a long episode already. But you know, Mac, you, uh, they're, they're very very talented. Uh, they, they've been without their leading score for the last couple of games, so I don't even know if he'll be back uh, for the for the tournament or not. But uh, uh, you know, like you said, if Holy Cross can control that tempo, I mean, minute, or Mac, you uh, only scored fifty points in the title game. Because uh, science and arts kind of uh, did the same thing that that I think Holy Cross's game plan will be, and um, it, like you said, to start to start the show, it, it's it's uh, it's March. Anything can happen, so definitely a, definitely gonna be a fun matchup. Um, definitely a team. I think Holy Cross, you know, Gaines is a heck of a player, and Storm Cook's one of the best shooters in the country. So, um, you know, if if they can play their tempo, knock down shots, and execute, they can be very very dangerous. Well, Pat, uh, I, you know, I'm I'm glad that uh, you reached out to us. I was glad to to connect with you and and. Uh, and hopefully, uh, moving forward, uh, get you on a lot more, and and, and maybe help uh, or make uh, yeah. And hopefully, uh, we'll be able to have you. Happy to do uh, it. Happy to do it. Next year, uh, I can. with all, all the games. all the teams and leagues you cover out there. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Closing up shop here, Trev. Uh, four great interviews. Um, I know I know it's been a long episode, but 
but all those interviews were worth the uh, worth the time. I just wanted to get the just some background knowledge and then some some knowledge uh, you know on the tournament and then Coach Henry with the experience that William Penn's got in the national tournament. Um, we got a fresh take of, of Frank uh, or Coach Frank Woodford um, and their first year in the tournament, kind of uh, you know kind of what they expect, and then rounded up with Pat uh, Dirksen, uh, just a, a former player and a, and a radio guy. Like I said, mm-hmm. I always cherish those radio guys. I think they're uh, they're always fun to talk to. So uh, great show. Um, I know you want to you want to uh, talk about the advantage a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so. um, the advantage TBT team. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more once the NAI season comes to an end. Um, I did talk to some members of the administration at TBT, and it looks like they have a target date of May first for um, allowing teams to start putting players and staff and this, their roster online. So, um, in the meantime, before that, we're going to start you know, building our roster internally and reaching out to players and stuff. Um, but once that May 1st date hits, um, we're going to be, we're going to be active on social media announcing. And uh, we've already gotten a couple of verbal commits um, just talking um, to a few players kind of behind the scenes. So um, we haven't forgotten about that. Um, I know it's kind of been a little slow with that, but uh, May 1st is the target date for the TBT to start allowing teams to promote their rosters on their website so that's what we're going to aim for so just wanted to share that um make sure you're following the advantage tbt on twitter and instagram and we'll be sure to share that stuff with everybody there uh, some of these guys that uh, you know it's a great thing that you've started up because some of these guys get to uh, showcase their talents uh, on, on a big stage i do believe the tbt is a big stage um it's, it's another tournament that's the thing too is um, the, the tbt and, that and one of their missions is to pros, get so, people um, noticed and signed and after every season, every every summer tournament, they always, you know, they're always showcasing, posting on their website, social media. So and so has a tryout with this team. So so guy has a contract now with this team. So, um, yeah, this is this is not just about getting a team and winning a few games. This is again to try and help grow the sport and the game and the NAIA world. So, um, that's what we're, what our what our goal is. Even some of these players we're going to see in the uh, NEI national tournament, uh, they'll be they'll be part of the TBT, uh, you know, here soon, and they'll be uh, be able to showcase their talents and, sh- and, and prove that NEI players can play with the best of them. Um, so make sure you are following uh, that uh, Twitter uh, handle, um, and, and make sure you follow the team. And I know that Trev will ask you to mm-hmm. uh, once the page is set up to go uh, uh, like and, and be fans and stuff like that, because that helps their their chances of getting into the the uh, TBD tournament as well. Um, you know, some other things to look forward to. Um, I, I know this is just kind of a touch base um, at the NEI tournament special. Um, we are just like we had our conference uh, tournament uh, breakdowns. Um, we will be posting um, over the next couple of days since we have some time in between games. Uh, we'll be doing some pod uh, uh, breakdowns, um, just talking about uh, the teams and matchups and things like that. So uh, make sure you're on the, the lookout for that. Uh, when we do get to Kansas City and have a, have a 16 teams left, um, we will probably do a tournament uh preview there um just a, a sweet 16 preview um to, to break down that a little bit more as well um so just a few things to be on the lookout for um other than that uh, it's been a long show uh we appreciate everybody listening this is junior trev and nhr the podcast signing off